back, everybody, to the TV podcast. We are wrapping up our coverage of season five of Game of Thrones. It's episode 10, the last episode. They only make 10. This one was called Mother's Mercy. We'll get to that. Mother's Mercy. Good old mother and her mercy. Anyway, I'm Jason Snell. Joining me to wrap up this season with the uh, this discussion of the final episode of the season. Uh, as usual, Monty Ashley. Hello. Hello, Jason. And as often, Brian Hamilton. Hello. Hello, Jason. Hello, Monty. Uh, okay, so here we are at the end. Um, not much happened, uh, but I suppose we should go through it. So I'm going to walk us through. Stop me when you've got things to say. Lots of lots of notes in my little notebook this time. Um, I missed you guys last week, but I couldn't be on. So thank you for doing that, by the way. Thank no, you of for course. doing the show without me. Um, so we st- I do want to say before yes. we start that oh, sure. I was watching the previously opening and, statement. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, opening statements. So I was watching the previously and I realized after watching all of the old things that had happened uh, throughout the season and where things had come before, I was really upset that I felt like not many of these plots really came to their full potential. Uh, and I was hoping that uh, they would all be wrapped up tonight. Uh, I'm doubtful at the beginning in my notes, it says, but mm, we got a lot tonight. There, there was a lot of, of, uh, of resolution. They, they put, set everything up in the previous two episodes, I feel like, so they could push it all over the finish line here. I mean, finished. It, nothing's ever finished in Game of Thrones, but, uh, <laughs> they, I think they got, I, I've got a, I've got a note about this later, but I, I'll mention it now before we dive into it. For all the talk about how this season has diverged from the books, I can say as a book reader that this is largely how the most recent final the final book to be published this is largely how the most recent book ends. There are a few variations, but a lot of the things that they did to kind of steer off course have kind of been to get them at the right pacing to get them across the finish line um with the end of this season, which means um, I have a big question for next season, which is, well, now what? Because uh, although there's been some divergence and some advancement from the books, I feel like this actually they put a a, a stake in the ground and said, we're basically going to try to end this where George R.R. R. Martin ends A Dance with Dragons. And they basically did. So what are you hoping for now? Do you want the book to come out ahead of the show? <laughs> or are you prepared for a world in which the show spoils what's going to be happening when the book finally gets published. I kind of feel like they're not going to be on the same track at this point, that they're going to be, they're already going to be so many things in books that are not in the show that they're, they're essentially diverged. Um, it'll be interesting to see if their general outlines are the same or not. I haven't heard much from George R. R. Martin lately. You know, I keep checking <laughs> in to see if he's, he keeps posting sample chapters, but, but no word of like the, like when his book will come out. So I, I'm kind of dubious that a new, book will come out before next season. I think that's unlikely. Well, here's a phrase I haven't been able to use in many years. You should be reading his live journal. (laughs) No, he does post stuff there. He does. He's been making updates along the lines of quit complaining to me about the show Yep. And shut up about the Hugos. Yes. Oh, no, I've, I've seen all those posts, but in none of them has he said, oh, I think the book is going to come out. Because basically they don't do that. There'll be an announcement at some point when there's a book. But uh, since they haven't announced it yet, I suspect it will not be something that happens between now and the end of the year. And that means the new show, the show will be starting and there probably won't be a book. But who knows? Anyway, we should get into it. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll detail as we go uh, for people who care 
um, to to say the things that ended exactly as they did in the uh, in the book version of it because it did seem like this is what they were trying to do. We end mm-hmm. we start in Stannis's camp. The snows have melted. I guess I guess the human sacrifice of Stannis's <laughs> daughter worked, or maybe that fire was just really hot. That did not seem like much of a result for sacrificing your daughter. Yeah, um, and and the thought that I had when he sacrificed, hey, let's get everybody together while I put my uh, daughter to death. Uh, I was thinking, does this would this rally people around his cause or make him, them be like, oh, this guy is terrifying. I am getting out of here. And we got the answer, which is half the men deserted. The cell yeah. swords and all the horses, they're all gone. His wife yep. has hung herself. And Standis's <laughs> response is, well, I guess we better march it can't be worse than mutiny i think he's just given up at that point he's like well i'm gonna go get slaughtered i probably have it coming All yeah right, marching formation although i would l- briefly like to say he clearly says to get everybody in marching formation they are not marching in formation not at all it's like parade um, formation <laughs> they're just kind of strolling in a random group later on there's a great overhead shot where you see one army in perfect ranks and files. Yes. And another army just standing there going, well, mm, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's, I have to say, a sad end to Stannis, but I, I do feel like, um, uh, we get, and, and we'll get a little more of this later, but, you know, he, this season was him trying to fight against, uh, sacrificing his daughter and listening to the red woman and trying to do everything he could to find another way out. And in the end, he makes this decision and it's his downfall and everything is awful. Um, the, the upside of what he did last week is it makes me, uh, not particularly sad that, uh, bad things happened to him this week. <laughs> yeah. It felt like they were dogpiling the horrible things onto him for quite a while this episode. Yeah. So we get the mutiny, we get the death of his <laughs> wife, and then we get the, uh, horrible, horrible, um, uh, onslaught of the other army, and then Brienne comes and kills him. It's like the perfect uh, Deus Ex Machina for him. Yeah, well, Brienne comes. So, so a little later on, when we get when we go back to him, um, we get uh, we get the. Uh, um, he, it's there's not going to be a siege. The Boltons are coming out. Um, and I, I thought this was good. Smash cut to everybody's dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the show's it, used that a few times. Mm-hmm. And my favorite has been with uh, the Lannister army in, uh, what was it, season one or two? And here it is again. And it's yep. used for not comedic effect, but it's there for, you know, to show how horrible things are. They don't even need to show the fight. Yeah. You guys know what battles look like. <laughs> We've got fight. a really extended shot we want to spend time on later in the episode. We're just going to skip this fight yeah. here. Yeah, well, and, and that was, it, it was sort of foregone conclusion, right? So yeah. then, then Stannis is found by Brienne, um, and uh, he, there's that moment where he he's like, "Oh, I didn't know that that uh, that they had uh, women in in the army of the the flayed man." Uh, the Boltons didn't didn't do that, and she says, "Oh no, no, no! I, <laughs> I was there when Renly was murdered by a shadow with your face. You murdered him with blood magic, right?" And he goes, "Yep, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, nothing left to lose here." And he I, says, "Well, do your duty." And she swings her sword at him, which, and then we don't see what happens. Yeah. He's it, probably dead, but you assuming know. that he is dead, I really like Stannis's last words being, "Do your duty." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now he's really like shown his dedication to what he's been doing lately and it's come to nothing. So why not let someone else do their duty and uh, go all the way like he did? Yeah. It's funny because if you if you believe that that Robert was I I believe it's if you believe that Robert's children are not Robert's children, then Stannis has the best claim 
on the throne yeah. by that mm-hmm. by that standard. Um, but you know, we look at what Stannis did, and he did not really manage. He was he he had that nice moment at the wall and all of that. But you know, he's in the he's he's a southerner in the north, and it didn't it didn't go well. And then, uh, as we've seen, you know what what happened with the with the sacrifice of his daughter. Uh, hard to have anybody on your side, including all those half his army mm-hmm. at that point. And yeah, I was thinking, you know, what uh, what people who stayed behind, like, these are the people that are okay with him sacrificing yeah. his daughter. They can't be that good. Guess. Of, uh, they're, yeah, they're not the best. Yeah, and way to, way to, way to go with the sacrifice, by the way. It did, it did wonders for, uh, for, for him. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe the, the Red God isn't really on, uh, on, on Stannis' side after all. Yeah, why didn't, melted. We, why didn't we have another of those shadow assassin things? Yeah. Those seem way more useful and didn't require sacrificing his daughter. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas the effect of the snow is melted that just does not seem worth it to me. Hey, you no. can go to be massacred now. The snows have cleared. You can go get massacred. Yay. Yay. Melisandre is really grasping at straws there. The the ice is melted. We're we're on our way. We can see Winterfell. Yeah. And uh before we leave Stannis, I do want to say Melisandre has had some weird <laughs> moments this episode. The first time we really see her unsure of something, she closes her eyes and thinks, "Well, crap. Yeah. These are not doing well." Yeah, and she ca- talks a lot about about her visions, but clearly her visions are either made up or not entirely accurate or Accurate in the classic way of visions. Accurate in a way unforeseen, which well, those are my favorite visions. She said she saw the Bolton banners burning, and mm-hmm. we haven't seen that yet. If we assume that all prophecies and fantasy books must come true, mm-hmm. which I think everybody does assume. I think so. <laughs> then we have to see those banners burning at some point. Oh, yeah. They're just not going to burn at the at the fire from uh, Stannis's army. Right. Uh, or but, the red woman. Yeah, well, so 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 he kind of gives her the cold shoulder, and the next time we see her is in a later scene, which we'll get to. But I think that's interesting too. That you know, he's basically like, "Look, I'll 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 do what you ask, but um, you know, don't expect me to like it." And he turns away from her, and she said before, "Like you're going to take me with you, right? I'm going to be at the battle because you you didn't do that the last time, and it didn't go as well." And uh, you know, she goes the other direction, and we'll yeah. get, we'll get back to her. But I think that's an interesting little thing, too. Um, let's, let's, uh, I, I'm going to jump back into order here because we've got some mm-hmm. back and forth, but I want to, I want to go in some semblance of order. So we get to see some st- scenes with Jon Snow. He's telling Sam the story of the, all the, the, he ra- he basically of two episodes ago. He's like, and then he raised his hands and they all came alive. <laughs> it was awesome. It was the I mean, biggest army scary. in the world. Yeah, that was good. He's, they're raising the biggest army in the world, but I killed one with, uh, with long claw. So it's the Valyrian steel, but how many of those swords are there? Which is, that's actually a, literally a statement Monty made like two yeah. weeks ago. How many of those really are there in the world? I was really hoping there would be an answer that it sounded rhetorical and they'd go, well, as you know, Sam, there are exactly 15 <laughs> named yeah. Valyrian swords and here's where they are. The way yeah, I read it was very much while, like, but... like there aren't any. <laughs> Forget it. Well, We're doomed. ice got turned into two different swords. Yeah. One of which Joffrey got, and I guess Tywin kept the other. Right. So I thought that was a good idea, turning one giant sword into two smaller swords. Maybe they can melt all the Valyrian steel down and make like just a whole bunch of little tiny Valyrian daggers. <laughs> well, I was thinking like uh, arrowheads. a chain ah, with little nuggets of Valyrian steel studded through it. Then you can just kind of whip it around. Nice. That'd be Maybe. Interesting. 
you have a future, Monty, in <laughs> Westeros forging. Oh, no. You you need to get, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Hot Pie's buddy, the the uh, the, for, the armor maker. Oh, and, yeah. Mm. Gendry. Gendry, yeah. And uh, you just get work work with him on your chain idea. Yeah. Valyrian studded chain. Well, knowing the Night's Watch, they're not going to be able to muster up the morale or any sort of semblance of uh, unity to get any sort of chain or dagger uh, idea implemented, as we see later. I feel like those guys can work together pretty well when they have a common cause. Foreshadowing. Yeah, mm, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, so... so uh, in an interesting bit, uh, Sam says, you need to send me, Gilly, and the baby to Old Town. I can become a maester. That's good. Um, I'm not good at this stuff anyway, but I'm I, I'm good at the books. And, and with Mr. Eamon gone, uh, it's good for somebody to be here. And I also, also, if I stay here, we're all going to die. And the last thing I'll see is Gilly being disappointed in me for dying and not saving her. Um, and uh, reveals to John um, that uh, he and Gilly have uh, had some relations, to which I believe the line of the episode, which is Jon Snow saying, well, I'm glad the end of the world is working out for someone. <laughs> That's a great line. I think the line of the episode is spoken by Tyrion Lannister a bit later on. I'll That's bring it up when we get there. Also good. Also very good. But I like that because it is the it is maybe a little, uh, I mean, this is all made up, so it can't be anachronistic, but maybe it's a little more modern than I expected. But I like that... You know, John has come back from hard home. He's seen the end of the world. He 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 now completely understands what everybody should be doing, and that's why his priorities are so divergent from those around him. Foreshadowing, Monty. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I also it was also a funny line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from two At friends. This point, I like any moment where somebody on this show was able to be lighthearted, even for a second. Yeah. And yeah. and in terms of Sam and Gilly and the baby going off to Old Town, this is this is a case of a story that really diverged from the book, suddenly snapping back to the book, which <laughs> is sending Sam off to Old Town. That's actually, with Gilly and the baby, that's actually a thing that happens. It's very long and complex and involves taking <laughs> Meister Eamon with them, and then he dies oh. along the way, and there's all this stuff. So they just collapsed it all. Much, I think, better to do it that way. But in the end, they've been shoved off to sort of the same place the book shoved them off to, which is go head to Old Town, Sam, look up things in books. Maybe Sam will learn some stuff that they'll need in the coming battle. Um, and so <laughs> I, I think that's good because that, the, book, the book learning is really more of what we want out of Sam anyway. Now, what kind of technicality is there in letting him leave the Night's Watch? Is he still a part of uh, you know, Castle Black? Is he not allowed to leave Castle Black? Uh, who has the authority to dispatch him? I, I think I think the commander, which John is at this mm-hmm. point, can send him off to get trained and return as the Meister of the Night's Watch. Because I think yeah, there we go. Yeah, I think I think I think that's the idea. Is he's basically being sent to be to train and then come back to replace Meister Eamon as the uh, you know as the official wise man librarian etc that is whatever all the meister jobs are get the get his chain and come back and then live at the wall like meister Eamon did and of course the night's watch isn't just at castle black there are supposedly other castles right. supposedly and also at least early in the series they would have guys going trolling through all the prisons of yep. westeros yeah and there's one, at least one tower i think that's manned which is where they they launch all their boats from which we don't see but that's presumably you know that's something that they do too so i don't oh, know there we go anyway there so sam sam and, and gilly and the baby ride off on a horse and uh and uh, that's all we see of them for this season we'll get back to john in a little bit anything more that about scene this yeah re- 
that scene reeked to me of, um, you know, we'll tell you about your mother when you come back, Jon Snow. <laughs> like we, I could tell somebody was going to die this episode. Sure. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of that in this episode oh, of like yeah. <laughs> se- dramatic scene. This seems overly dramatic. I think someone's probably going to die. <laughs> why are you looking in my eyes for so long? Yeah, why is this so meaningful? <laughs> why did you finally come up with a with a realization or an honest moment? That must mean death. Um, Sansa. Sansa leaves. Uh, she breaks out with the thing that she stole in a previous episode. She goes up to the tower to light her little lantern. Um, uh, Brienne hears something while she's watching this before she um, slices at Stannis. Hears that Stannis' army pod tells her Stannis' army is coming. And of course, she looks away to go find Stannis' army uh, just as the light, in a very pretty shot, actually, just as the light comes on in the old tower that is the cry for help from Sansa. It's supposed to be poignant, but when you think about it, this would be a terrible time for Brienne to try to sneak into Winterfell. Well, I'm not entirely sure about that because with all of the Boltons on the, uh, you know, uh, army out there, it might be something you could sneak in, but probably not. They're probably on guard. And yeah. what what's she going to do? I mean, at that point, there's this battle happening. So yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's a, you know, aw shucks, I can sneak in moment there. It's just uh, yet another missed connection for Sansa. I yeah. did really like that Podrick recognized the banners that Stannis had, because remember, that's actually one of Podrick's big strengths. When he was mm-hmm. working for Tyrion, he had great eyesight and was able to identify exactly which banners were coming. Right. And he's got yeah, the background. Yeah, I've forgotten how much I had missed Brienne and Pod and seeing that little yeah. moment between them where, uh, you know, Pod is really wonderful and uh, really actually helping Brienne at this point. That was something I've really missed. I've, I, given how much time they spent earlier this season with the two of them, I was really hoping we'd get more. But mm, here's hoping. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, so, uh, that takes us to Ramsey Bolton. He says, looks like we're done here. <laughs> yep. I think so. There's a guy who's crawling around on the ground and says, I surrender. And he gets, uh, sorted in the back because <laughs> Ramsey takes no prisoners. He's like Klingons that way. I bet I was surprised by that because I bet he does take prisoners for leisurely for fun. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. But not, not, not this guy. This guy is just, he's dying anyway. So he's just gonna, he puts him out of his misery in a totally awful way. Um, uh, but, uh, so that's Rams, just to remind us again, Ramsey Bolton, terrible. <laughs> this was just, the most Malcolm McDowell, it seemed, uh, he yeah. seemed to be. <laughs> He's been cranking up to it all season. A little bit mm-hmm. of the old ultraviolence for Ramsey Bolton. There are a couple times when this episode takes bad guys and they're like, are, are we sure people understand this is a yeah, bad guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. Stabs an unarmed man who surrendered. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, now we I know. I think after a few seasons... People have gotten the message. Yep. Ramsey Bolton, bad guy. bad guy. Really, really bad guy. So uh, there's a nice scene with Sansa that, that immediately follows this where she is caught by uh, Ramsey. This is Ramsey's girlfriend again, right? Yeah. With yeah. arrows. She's got many arrows. She's she's going to she's going to uh, return uh, Sansa to her her uh, her prison basically and Sansa has a really nice moment where she says I know who I know what Ramsay is I know what he'll do to me and and basically like you're just gonna have to kill me because I'm not gonna let him do it and and the response is oh but we're not gonna kill you because 
you know, you've got to have babies because you're the daughter of the Warden of the North, and this gives the whole Bolton thing legitimacy. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, I could wound you a lot, and maybe that would be fun, <laughs> she yeah. says. We don't need all of you, just the parts that make babies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, But Sansa is really kind of like uh, had it up to here. And she's had enough. And at this moment where the 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 girlfriend is going to shoot her with an arrow, Theon finally decides he has to act outside his programming and knocks yeah. her knocks her over the railing to her death. I'm surprised that this is the moment that Theon just decides to break his programming and help Sansa for the first time. I mean, what makes this moment special? She's gone through so much other horrible stuff. Well, this time she's speaking directly to him. She's saying, I don't want to end up like you Uh, i don't want to be alive with everything that's me cut away so go ahead and kill me now and i think she's managing to shame him there right right I mean, it was something that I was really excited to see. But again, like given all the other horrible stuff that's happened and all the other times she confronted him and really berated him. It was like, oh, man, I'm glad it happened. And as we'll see soon, they uh, there's a, a few other things that they have uh, in store for each other later. Yeah. So so um, after knocking the, the girlfriend over, I, I think some of it, it, too, is like this is lots of things are happening. Things are about to take a turn. Ramsey is outside the walls, but he's going to be back soon. Like there's chaos. Chaos, you know, now is the time to act. And he and he is watching another Stark about to be wounded because of his, in this case, his inaction, something mm-hmm. that he could he could feel guilty about. And he can also, I think there's a little bit of a calculation of or I could just she thinks I'm on her side. I could just knock her over this thing here and then she would be dead. And so he does that. But then he grabs her hand and they run over the wall. And having just seen somebody fall off of a, a high thing and die, <laughs> they look down at the snow and go well uh geronimo and they probably soft enough yeah maybe and if not whatever at least we won't be (laughs) at least we won't be here and i I will say again this is exactly where this storyline ends in the most recently published book as well uh, well you know except it's not sansa it's jane it's jane Poole who is sansa's storyline is basically lifted from another character at this point but it's it's the it's that the same same thing happens in the books interestingly yeah you know how Daenerys uh, can't be hurt by fire, apparently? Maybe Starks can't be hurt by snow. <laughs> interesting. That would be interesting. They just... She turns like Iceman. She just, like, gets a ramp of ice. It goes yeah. zoom! Like Frozone. Yeah, didn't you ever exactly. wonder why Bran didn't die when he was pushed out of that window? No. Okay. Also, was that the window <laughs> that... Um, that Bran was pushed out of when she looked up at the uh, at the tower with the candle? It ought to be, right? Ah, yeah, it looks like maybe it. So. The it looks highest like a lot window like in the tallest tower. Yeah, R.I.P. Brandon Ricken. Wait a second, no. They're alive. <laughs> Somewhere. Somewhere. Ricken, Ricken is just like, just haven't, living it up in the, in the marshlands, I think. Ricken and Hot Pie have met up. And <laughs> That's this. right, they've opened a pie shop. Ricken is undercover, so he sells the pies, but nobody knows who he is. He's just that cute kid who sells pies. Yeah. <laughs> and Hot Pie makes the pies. I like it. Yeah. That's season Freaking six, is, episode uh, one. <laughs> that's the uh It's called Hot only. Pie is the name of the episode. That's the so, web only series yes, that they that's made. right. It's the it's the interim series. In between seasons we learn about the adventures of Rick and Hot Pie and Gendry, who fixes the play he fix Gendry fixes the oven where <laughs> Hot Pie cooks his pies. Yeah. And at night Rickon revels in his one or two lines he had throughout the entire run of the show. Mm-hmm. 
Jason, don't take this the wrong way, but your fanfic is boring. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even mentioned how Shaggy Dog is involved. They're, they're direwolf. The direwolf gets in all sorts of trouble, and, <laughs> and they have to get him out of it. Do they Shaggy solve dog. mysteries in any way? Uh, yes, they do. Yay! They solve crimes. Mm. It's mostly just who stole the pie, and it's mostly Shaggy Dog. But <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, moving on to Bravos. Um, Marin Trent, who we saw last time, he's high on on Arya's list of people she wants to kill. Girls got to have a list. It's nice to have lists. Uh, they focus the mind. List of people you kill is one way to do that. Anyway, Marin Trant has this uh, this uh, delight in not only finding young girls but in beating them. So he beats three three girls, uh, but the last girl takes the punishment, and that really excites him. So he dismisses the other two girls who have no hesitation in saying, "I'm out of here." But then the last girl mysteriously changes. And turns into Arya Stark because she's <gasps> used the secrets of the faceless men to get into Marin Trant's room. And she stabs him in the eyes and then she stabs him in lots of other places. <laughs> and then she does what you'd think would be, is the primary goal of faceless men not to do, which is announce, I'm Arya Stark. So yeah. far, she's not good at becoming no one. Yeah. No, no. no. She's, she's, she's definitely going against the you, you must become no one. Because she's like, you know who I am? I can't hear you. I'm Arya Stark. Stab, stab, stab. You're no <laughs> one. You're nothing. Name. Stab, stab. She's never um, more herself than when she's stabbing no, someone to death. She's, no. she's her, yes. Her father. I was really looking forward to some sort of like identity moments where you know we get to see who she really is and what she really wants to do. And I feel like along with Daenerys, that's what their storyline is about mm. this season. And it ends with the most ambiguous thing. I guess we'll get to it, but I'm really upset with how this particular storyline ended. Well, well, she, she, if her goal is truly to um, join the faceless ones and understand what they what they're doing here in the temple, you know, the story here is that she's failed it. She's failed to yeah. understand it. She's given the opportunity to assassinate a man who is bad and needs to be assassinated and instead she is she is uh, distracted by the opportunity to gain revenge mm. and so she um, she has to she has to uh, uh, you know she fails that and she's told she she's a girl has taken a life it was the wrong life you're not ready not at all there's a fake out where Jaquin Hagar <laughs> drinks a poison and he dies oh. and she turns around and there's another Jaquin Hagar which is total typical faceless man fake out that's like part of the hazing <laughs> yep. ritual with the faceless yeah. men you thought I would kill you no I killed myself no I'm over here ha ha I killed you what what's that behind your ear it's a quarter that's right. Uh, just to grab it and say Valor Morgulis when I, oh no, I already did that with you. Never mind. <laughs> so, consider the setup that the characters had to go through. They realize Arya's out there killing somebody. <laughs> All right, get in here. Uh, we're going to have to have you kill yourself, but first put on these 15 masks, maybe yeah. 25, just to be sure. I, I, who knows? They're just, that, that's just all, uh, they're just messing with her. <laughs> yeah. Now, just the way that the mask logistics work, I was surprised to learn that, no, they were actually like pieces of skin, like Texas Chainsaw style, where they actually like <laughs> wear other people's faces. And, okay, that makes sense. When I, What happened was after I watched this episode, I went back and watched the finale of season two, where we see Jacken's first face change. And 
I or like first in camera face change, and I thought it was magic. I always thought it was like really subtle Game of Thrones style magic that they just kind of sprinkle him through. But turns out there's a moment where he lowers his head, and you could picture him like taking off a mask or something, and then turns back around. You say, "Oh, okay, well that makes sense." I'm surprised that this whole magical premise is all based on literally just wearing other people's skin, but well, it looks like it's more complicated than that. I don't think it can just be wearing somebody else's skin because they had an Arya mask handy, exactly, and. Multiple Jake and Hagar masks. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I said, it's hazing ritual. They, they, it was all a big fake out in the end. Anyway, in terms of matching this with the books, uh, this is exactly how Arya's storyline ends in the fourth book. But they've taken a lot of her storyline from the fifth book and flopped some of it into this. So I really don't know where they're going with her. But this is this is a book ending cliffhanger. It's just a, it's it's a, a different book than the one that most of this episode is cribbed from. But her going blind um, at the end because she's uh, she's uh, kind of failed at a, a task is absolutely what happens to her in the books. So that that was an interesting parallel too where they that's a good uh, good little cliffhanger character moment for her cuz she's failed and and she's gone blind and what what will happen to her next? Mm. Mm. What I was hoping for was something along the lines of her re-embracing her identity and maybe escaping ah. from uh, from the house of black and white and grabbing a uh, needle. Taking uh, taking a dive down there getting needle back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe, maybe later. Maybe not later. yet. <laughs> not yet. I think she's got I'm more to learn. Yet. More to learn from the faceless men. She's got. I think she's got to succeed uh, at 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 their challenges and not and not fail and wash out. And she definitely, you know, I like I like this because it's payoff of her having her list of people she wants to kill. Um, and That's the pay, and, and the payoff is she needs to let it go. Right. She needs to, she needs to get beyond it. And she has has not yet done that. But you know, maybe maybe next time. Maybe later. Right. At this point in my notes, I have this episode has hit 88 miles per hour really, really fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is all payoff. It's just payoff after payoff after payoff in this, Yeah, depending on what you're expecting. to. It may not be what you want to have paid to you, but there's a lot of things happening here. So we go to Dorne, which I have to say, when they said they were going to go to Dorne this season, this is one of those things why where I enjoy the actors, I enjoy the setting, and I found this whole storyline completely disappointing. Like, literally, there's a battle, and then people just stand around and talk for the rest of the season. <laughs> and then here, they're like, and now we send you home. And I'm not quite sure why, quite why this happened. Oh. Other than to give Jamie and pa- and uh, Braun something to do, which hey, Jamie and Braun are fun, but you know they got in one fight and then that was it. And well, I don't think it's just giving Jamie something to do. The important thing is giving Jamie something to do that's not in King's Landing. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Because if he's there, then Cersei's plot mm-hmm. goes completely derailed because right. he's not going to put up with that. So, so again, forgive me for for mentioning the books, but since we we've got <laughs> this point where we're where we're dropping like things are in and things are out there is a much more complicated set of things in Dorne and there's kind of an an adventure out in the desert trying to squirrel uh, Marcella away from from or you know to to steal her away from from the Martells and uh you know here again it really just sort of is there to we have a, some funny scenes with with uh, Jamie and Braun and it's to get him out of King's Landing that's exactly it so i feel like this was a waste of Alexander Siddig and kind of a waste of the sand snakes there in you know a couple of scenes it, it it just it felt it felt like really we're saying goodbye to Dorn now i don't love Dorn but if we're going to go there i i felt like we could have had more stuff happen well, i agree i'm going to disagree actually um, it Two was, to one, Monty. You're outvoted. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> it Minority was report. Light, but I enjoyed the play between 
Tyene, the Sand Snake, and Bronn. Yes, I agree. I, I honestly got the impression that she just flirts with everyone and there was no stakes in it and they'll never see each other again, mm-hmm. which I think is fun. I agree. And then on the boat away from Dorne, it actually kind of moved me that this is the first time Jamie has ever been able to embrace one of his children. I agree. Honestly. And I thought that was a really nice moment. I'm not sure we needed the whole thing in Doran to get to that moment. I, I don't think it buys it, but I did enjoy that moment. I, I will grant you that. And of course, this is one of those other areas where we have some meaningful stuff. Jamie tries to, ex- uh, oh, first off, great. Another great funny line. Braun is talking to his, his uh, friends, the sand snakes. And Jamie <laughs> says from the boat, whenever you're ready, my Lord, <laughs> that is a good line. That was really good. But then, you know, he opens up to Marcella. Um, he's trying to explain how the world works and how it's kind of amazing that she's found somebody she likes for her, this arranged marriage because usually arranged marriages are awful. We've seen examples of that this season. And she says, I know about you and mother and I'm glad. And she says, you know, she's basically proud to be his daughter. And I thought, well, this is awfully um, emotional and meaningful. So, of course, in TV rules, that means she's about to die from the <laughs> lingering kiss that she received earlier which seemed suspicious at the time and indeed (laughs) she's bleeding from the nose profusely from a poison kiss and it's the uh presumably it is the uh you know same poison we saw used on braun so it was set up and on the on the uh on the landing uh she takes the uh the the antidote but of course there's no antidote on the boat and i wrote in my notes boo yeah (laughs) it's a shame um I had you're right this is exactly like uh all the moments enduring leading up to this one scene it's like all the stuff in the jail cell while still being funny and featuring Braun and the sand snakes it really just kind of led to this moment it's a nice little setup but again it could have been handled much 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 better that's what Marcella gets for being happy in her arranged marriage and accepting her father <laughs> I was getting some weird incesty vibes from that. I was expecting that to happen. Oh. I'm really glad it didn't. Um, oh, you're right. That. Yeah, I was expecting that to happen, but I'm glad it didn't. Yeah, because <laughs> on a television show, whenever someone says, I know exactly what you're about to say, they're <laughs> going to misinterpret it some horrible way. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do wonder what's going to happen to Tristan Martell at this point. Yeah, do they like just throw him in the water? <laughs> <laughs> or did yeah. they take him back to King's Landing as an as a hostage or or what? But uh, you know, I think the most important we may never see him again. I think the most important thing is that Jamie will presumably return to King's Landing next season with these this terrible news that Cersei, who is just you know who is under threat of trial and has just ex- escaped her terrible experience that we're about to get to. Um, and now he's got to bring the news that uh, another one of their children has died. The the one you were sent to go get. Yeah. Jamie. Yeah, oh that's bad. That's bad job. too. That's bad. He got her right to the right to the landing. I say don't let the, the scary woman uh give give anybody a lingering kiss on the on the dock. That's what I say. I don't or, care where she gets Or do they turn around kiss. and just haul the boat right back and say Look what you look what you did. It They're close enough. Out. That that would actually be the right move because mm. Prince Martel did not approve of this. No. But, I don't know. Maybe this. No, of shouldn't... course, this is something they could probably talk out now, right here at the dock, because they're close enough. You could see them from the dock where the sand snakes were. But <laughs> yeah, Jamie could just go up on deck and yell, "What? <laughs> Come on, guys!" Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's sad. Marcella finally gets a character and uh, is interesting, and then she dies. 
Yeah, that's, that's what they tend the, to do. That's the Game of Thrones for you. <laughs> the TV show, not the actual game. We can't have a season without losing some Lannisters. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, like technically, Baratheon. she's a Baratheon. We lost those two. Yeah, Baratheon in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we off to Marine. We go where we play the game called Waiting for Daenerys, where in an empty throne room with an empty throne, uh, the friends, the, the first uh, weekly meeting of the Friends of Daenerys is, is chaired by, by Tyrion, and, and, we get, uh, and we've, we've got uh, Jorah, um, and we've got, uh, what's his name, the sellsword boyfriend? Dario. Dario Naharis, right? And, he, and they're all hanging out. Because uh, Daenerys flew away on a dragon. Yep. As you do. <laughs> As me, you do. This reminds me of that scene of Seinfeld where Elaine and George realize <laughs> they have nothing to talk about because all they have in common is Jerry. That's what this reminded me of. <laughs> <laughs> I, there, there's a real, it, it's also a really nice like, well, now what? <laughs> kind of moment where it's like we lost the queen. What do we do now? Um. And I don't, I don't think there's an answer to that, uh, except in walks Grey Worm and Masandi. To that, that provides the quorum for the Friends of Daenerys meeting, <laughs> or all of the named characters in Marine. Mm, indeed, <laughs> Grey Worm, who is alive but not looking great after his uh, battle where uh, Baristan was killed by mm-hmm. the uh, so, uh, the Sons of the Harpy. Um, so. Uh, they decide they're going to saddle up and ride and go get Daenerys. The d- dragon flew north, so we'll go that way. And and Tyrion says, "All right, let's go." And then there has to be that moment of, "Why would we ever take you? Are you? What are you good at? Are you good at fighting? Are you good at riding? Nope, no, nope, I fight. I, what does he say? I talk and I drink, which is pretty much Tyrion. Yeah. And he survived he, this far. That's what he says. You did uh, yep. go past what I think was the best line of the episode, which is. Uh, Grey Worm and Missandei come in. They chat in Valyrian for a second. Oh, and yes. And then we learn that Tyrion speaks Valyrian too. Although, as he says, my Valyrian is a little nostril. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. That's pretty good. Also, Tyrion and Valyrian yeah. rhyme. Mm. Good point. Mm-hmm. Tyrion speaks Valyrian. That would be the title of this episode if I were writing titles, but I'm not, and that's probably all for the best. So, uh, so they like le- that better than Mother's Mercy. Okay. Yeah, mm. they they yeah. leave uh, the 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 able-bodied uh, gentleman um, Dario and and, uh, and Jora leave, um, but before they go. Uh, Dario says, Marine is a beautiful ancient city, ancient city. Try not to ruin it. <laughs> Just don't break it while we're gone. <laughs> Any more than it's already been ruined. Well, this is true. Although I kind of like this idea that like, like, uh, Grey Worm and Missande understand a, a lot about the lay of the land. Tyrion is this, uh, thinker and uh, fast talker and he's being told to put this broken city together um and and uh that sounds sort of familiar from when he was the hand of the king and then just to just to put it up another notch Varys steps out of the shadows <laughs> to, Varys. to say well look you, you know i found you again i have spies everywhere um and and uh one other great line from Tyrion here is well if only i knew someone with a vast network of spies <laughs> if only i did miss you <laughs> and it's really this is this is actually one of the high points if not the high point for me i think I feel like this is the last like emotional happy point in this entire season is this moment which is like mm-hmm. you know Tyrion Tyrion is going to do what he's good at he's going to show them he's going to put marine back together he's got Varys there with him they're going to they're gonna 
going to be able to do that with the help of Grey Worm and Missandei while while the other two guys are going and looking for Daenerys, and uh, they're going to get this 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 thing together. And I really that was a that was a really fun moment to see those guys together, kind of conspiring about how they were going to you know what they're going to do to fix this city. I really liked that. And things come a little uh, full circle for Tyrion because the season starts and ends with him hanging out with Daenerys, Daenerys, Varys, uh, looking at uh, lovely landscapes and talking. And it's great. Tyrion and Valyrian, Daenerys and Varys. (laughs) (laughs) Marine and Shireen, who died and is nowhere near Marine. Yeah. But they rhyme. There's lots of rhyming going on is what I'm saying. There's no IRC chat to type exclamation point S into. So, Uh, yes, go ahead. No, no, um, that's it. <laughs> okay, so so uh, then we finally get to see where Daenerys is. She and Drogon <laughs> are both hanging out with a bunch of bones and some f- scorched earth, where obviously Drogon has has uh, had a feast of some sort. And uh, and what I, and uh, he she tries to ride him, and he like kind of doesn't want to go anywhere because he just ate a lot and is really lazy and just wants to lay there because he's a teenager basically <laughs> she's like come on onward drogon on fly on and he's like Brr. so instead she decides to go for a walk the thing that struck me here taking us out of uh, the world and into the world of like production is mm-hmm. daenerys i think they shoot all the interiors for the show in northern ireland but then they do the exteriors in all these different places and what struck me about where she is here is this feels like you know this this isn't the usual thing we see her in the deserty kind of stuff. This looks more like Northern Ireland or someplace like that. It's got all that exposed rock over the green kind of grassy stuff. I thought mm-hmm. it was a really striking scene. It feels like a very that you know that that Drogon has taken her far away from from a marine, which I think is cool. Yeah, and for just a second, you think she could bump into almost anybody at this point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, she doesn't know where she is. It's great. Maybe she's in Westeros now. <gasps> but but instead. There are the sound of horses. Hey, remember those guys, the Dothraki? They're back. It's a Dothraki horde. And she drops her <laughs> wedding ring because she needs to be like the the Khaleesi again. And and uh, and uh, that's and they circle her and they do a fancy little thing where horses circle her. And I I am unclear on how far away she walked from the dragon that this whole <laughs> horde is there, but they haven't noticed the the giant. You know hungry or not hungry fat like fat and happy sleeping dragon you know he could be off behind the rocks you know being a teenager sleeping and listening to nine inch nails in the room she you know she she was hiking she hiked you know a little too far away from him so that's where we and that's where we leave daenerys basically which again i will say is essentially where we leave daenerys in the books wow they're starting to really come back in in line with the books that's really surprising so do you think these guys are like Khal Drogo Dothraki or other Dothraki? Well, I mean, Khal Drogo's been... Probably oh, yeah. the Khals have been replaced like eight times since she last saw the Dothraki, right? Yeah. But but she, like, knows their language and, and has a history with them. So you, you would assume that maybe she could talk her way in. But I, I, I don't know beyond that whether they... I mean, it's whatever purpose the plot needs them to serve, right? They could be hostile or they could be, be well, they're Dothraki, so they'll be hostile in yes. some way or other because that's <laughs> who they are. But maybe there's an honor for a, for a, you know, a Khaleesi uh, in some way. I don't know. I will say I'm not really looking forward to Daenerys starting her plot over as the slave of a bunch of horse clan guys and then fighting her way up again. <laughs> no, she needs, uh. she needs to get, she needs to get moving, right? She needs to get moving. Yeah, this really 
flips the table on any sort of theories I had about what her her plot is going to become. I was expecting her to rule peacefully with Tyrion, see how he's doing and how he can help her conquer Westeros, and then they end up in Westeros together. I mean, yeah. Tyrion can still prove himself as uh, you know hand of the king ish in uh, Marine, but who knows where Daenerys is going to end up? Well, if if I had to do some. Pre- some guessing about future plot lines, I would say having an mm-hmm. army of Dothraki floating around and having uh, Grey Worm and his guys and ha- getting Marine kind of up and running healthily, having all of that happen would a- give Daenerys a perfect collection of stuff to use as a, a beachhead to return to Westeros, right? She'd right. have, she'd have, if she's got some Dothraki who are on her side and she's got all of uh, Grey Worm's guys and maybe the, uh, Maybe the the cell swords too. I mean, she could she could have a pretty large army to bring across the narrow sea. Um, so maybe that's where they're headed with the uh, with the Dothraki stuff is to have those guys on her side too. I don't I don't know. I don't want to see her work her way up from the bottom again, though. <laughs> Man, no, here's hoping. Yeah, I mean, how many times do we need to see her rise to power? We get it. She's good at rising to power. <laughs> she we does that every dragons, single season. Power of the dragons. Then again, maybe maybe the opening scene of her next time is like. Drogon comes, burns all the Dothraki. Mmm, <laughs> horse meat. Yep, that's right. He's hungry yeah, again. Scorched earth piles. I'm hungry every 20 minutes. I'm back. That's where I was. I was just eating stuff. Um, anyway, that's it for Daenerys this season. Uh, yep. Go ahead, Brian. No, no. Wow, that's just the end of her, uh, her storyline. I can't believe that, you know. That's a wrap for Daenerys after, Targaryen. <laughs> after everything they did. I mean, I guess the Sons of the Harpy are kind of defeated. Defeated, or I, I hope they don't come back. But that was a weird. Denouement Why would they be defeated? I mean, most of them <laughs> lived. A lot of them got set on fire. Uh, That's true. Uh, a lot of them, but there were lots and lots of them that just left. I would imagine that this is going to be the task of of uh, Tyrion and Varys and uh, and Missandei and Grey Worm is to just kind of get Marine stabilized and root out the the, the sons of the Harpy and yeah. Cersei. Now we're up to Cersei. Cersei is once again told to confess, and this time she is so miserable that she decides to confess. She confesses to the high, to the uh, High Sparrow, "I have sinned. I see that now. I want to be clean again. I want absolution." Uh, well, she confesses to the one sin she so, knows they can prove. So she says, right. "I lay with a man outside marriage. I I, I slept with Lancel Lannister." To which he, to which the High Sparrow replies. No other men? <laughs> Those were all lies spread by Stannis. Yes, blame Stannis. He's dead now. She doesn't know that yet. But probably dead, question mark. Um, but he says, you know, some some people speaking falsehood before the gods is a great crime. Some say children born of incest and adultery you bore. Um, and she says, no, no, that's a lie. Stannis, I deny it. He says, well, we'll have a trial, but I'm going to be merciful. The mother will be merciful and let you return to the Red Keep. After your atonement. Always read the fine print, is what uh. I'm saying. And so they strip her naked, wash her off, cut off all her hair, uh, take her to the top of the steps of the of the sept, and say she will make the long walk of atonement, the walk of shame, as the gods made her. They strip off her burlap sack that she got to wear temporarily. And she then, in a an extremely lengthy scene... Yes, that, that that I will also yes. say is I believe 
the last scene we see of her in A Dance with Dragons. She walks across uh, King's Landing to the gates of, of, the, uh, of the Red Keep, uh, being in an escalation of hatred for her from the people of the city as they spin on her and throw things at her and say terrible things at her as she and and in one of my favorite touches in the entire thing as one of the uh the uh septons walks behind her doing this shame 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 ding yep (laughs) three shames and then a bell ringing for for a long time yes a long long time time. three shames and a ding that's how it works that's that is uh that's how you get your uh your atonement (laughs) it is my opinion Mm. that cersei has no opinion has no plans to appear for her trial and in fact is probably going to burn the entire city to the ground once she is safely in her keep it's oh, it, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how she's affected, right? How she's affected by these events. Yeah, there's no way that she's going to take any of this sitting down, especially given how conniving she's been with the High Sparrow uh, this entire season. It's uh, it's a little ridiculous to think that she's going to just kind of okay, I'm out. I'm just going to keep running King's Land. No, she's declaring war on them. Yeah. Oh God, I, 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 I bloody vengeance. Yeah. So I ended up watching this episode twice because I watched it myself and my girlfriend came over. We watched it again. This was the only scene I could not watch mm. a second time. I had to fast forward through. It was – this show always finds new ways to be <laughs> depraved and disgusting and really upsetting. And it's not like – all of the stuff that happens in this scene isn't particularly heinous or you know compared to a lot of the other stuff in the show. This season especially, you know, we get – this is relatively mild, but it is so grating, and we get the perpetual shame, 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 Ding. and all the horrible stuff. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> and it's, oh God. Mm, so, it's, but uh, but here's so here's the thing. I think the show is trying to challenge people uh, by doing this, which is, do you feel bad for Cersei or not? Because she's awful. Everybody hates Cersei. She's terrible. The things she does are terrible. She's guilty of everything that she confessed to, and guilty of everything she denied. And I, I feel like it's very interesting for the show to sh- to put her through this thing that in an abstract case, as a, watch, a, a, a watcher of this show, a viewer of the show, you'd be like, yeah, stick it to Cersei. She's awful. And then you watch it and you actually, I think you can't watch it without feeling the the horror of it for her. And I think that's really interesting that you, you might feel anything for Cersei Lannister after all the terrible things she does. I- I've been on Cersei's side for about a season and a half. Like, I'm on record on this podcast yes. saying she's the one who should be ruling. Well, right. I mean, just from a pure effectiveness standpoint, anyway. Yeah. But she's she's awful. But she does know what she wants. Well, she had sex with Jamie. Have you seen that guy? Uh, he is a very attractive man, <laughs> even with the one hand. Yeah, but there's a few boundaries that people shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not oh, the only God. reason she's awful. But anyway, Brian, exactly. I, I think that I feel like that is a purposeful. And again, you know, people can people can not like it, and and I think that's perfectly reasonable. But I I actually think that this is what the show is trying to do here is 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 not necessarily revel in this, but to show this thing, which again is straight out of the books, but show it and and almost. 
uh, dare you to feel bad for Cersei Lannister. I think that's really, because I, I just think that's an interesting place to go. Like, wait a second, you know, let me reevaluate here a little bit. I, I, I was saying how I, I was gleeful about bad things happening to Cersei because she was so awful. And now bad things are happening to her. And I kind of feel bad because they're really awful. I think that's interesting. I, well, I've got the, sorry, go ahead. I, I've never felt as strong about Cersei being awful as you seem to. And like, take Jamie. Jamie actually pushed Bran out the window in yep. season one, but he's been a sympathetic character since season three or so. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, this show is happy to take a character that seems upright, like Stannis, and make you hate him on a dime. And if they can take a character that you previously hated, like Cersei, give her more dimensions in the other direction, mm-hmm. it's totally going to do that. And I'd say that the exception that proves the rule is Joffrey. And I guess in this season, <laughs> Ramsay, you know, someone who they can have as an anchor for all of your hate. And now that that anchor is Ramsay and not Joffrey, they can kind of reel off the Lannister hate a little bit. And I feel like this scene is a definite example of how you can feel sympathy for Cersei and how the creators of the show kind of force you to. Because this is the most brutal thing that I've seen in a while since, you know, the past few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> This show has got there's there's a lot of that to go around, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I I do wonder about where Marjorie is. Oh yeah. She's she exists. <laughs> well, I mean there there's that like is she is does she like come down the stairs to greet uh uh to greet Cersei after the last scene of this and be like, you know, oh they let me out weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> or is she still <laughs> Or is she still uh, chained up? I'm still hoping hoping for, hello, cousin, wasn't that awful? I know. Yeah, we're burning that place down, right? Mm. (laughs) Right. Truce until those guys are all dead. Yeah, I guess we'll find out next time because that's all we know. Um, So she walks into the Red Keep. um, And uh, like I said, this is very much the end of book five, right down to being greeted in the Red Keep by a new member of the king's guard who doesn't speak because he's been raised from the dead somehow and is kind of a frankenstein <laughs> and is suspiciously 8 feet tall mhm and has literally no skin value color at all nope this is and and he's unnamed in the uh in the books they they give him a name but it's obviously a totally fake made up name so yeah and here <laughs> There's only one dead guy that's that size. There's only one guy that size. So it's clearly the mountain who's been brought back to life. Yeah. Yep. Or brought back to whatever he at, he is at the moment. Yes. Zombie. Well, he's he's good enough to like pick uh, pick things up. Yeah. I don't. I wrote down zombie mountain, but it's more of a Frankenstein mountain thing. Like he's got more eye hand coordination than I think of as being typical for zombies. Yes. Agreed. Now, he's got some sort of uh, humanity left in him because the only other time we see this is when he kind of freaks out under the curtain a few episodes back and we think, oh, patience, patience, it's okay. He's freaking out. Like, things are not okay for him. He's got enough humanity that I don't think he's a zombie, but, you know, if you want to compare it more to Frankenstein, he's probably got some sort of really big, scary existential issues in his uh, half-resurrected brain. Which is more than he had before. <laughs> That's true. So more about Frankenstein, Frankenstein Mountain, by the way. When in, uh-huh. when in uh, 
I don't even know where it would be. Right, let's go with the, the Carpathians. When in when the, the Carpathians, Carpathians visit Frankenstein Mountain. It's right next to Dracula's castle. Yes. <laughs> it is in some of these movies. Mm. House of Dracula, for example. There you go. Mm-hmm. Monty, thank you. I, I, good knowledge. <laughs> Solid knowledge. Uh, okay, last scene. Uh, the Onion Knight, who was sent <laughs> away on a pretense so that he wouldn't be there when Shireen was burned at the stake, uh, is arguing with John about helping having the Night's Watch help uh, Stannis, which, of course, Stannis even knows is not yeah. going to be... Uh, it's not going to go well. The Onion Knight mm-hmm. knows it, but he has to do it because right. he's serving his king. And then we see well, Melisandre arrive at Castle Black. Well, that's a bad sign. Well, and before she looks, Melisandre comes in, I like John's point that he just told Stannis the wildlings yeah. aren't going to help you. Like, yeah. That was our last conversation. No. I'm not going to go get them right now. No, but but I mean, it's all a pretense, right? I mean, yeah. everybody knows that this is how this is going to go, and he's not even supposed to be there. Melisandre's arrival is surprising, right? Uh, but yeah. she's obviously turned tail and and left the camp and isn't accompanying her king onward to his glorious victory <clears throat> at uh, at Winterfell, but instead has turned and returned to Castle Black, um, looking very disturbed because obviously she's you know she knows that bad things are happening with Stannis. She may be concerned that her visions are failing her and that she's lost the 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 fortune of the lord of light i don't really know what's going on in her head because she's kind of a crazy lady but um but her being back there uh would seem to be bad news certainly bad news for the the hopes of stannis i do like that the onion knight was not there when all of stannis's people got slaughtered because i like the onion knight he's good he is great when when this scene started i was thinking wait this conversation is moot already we all know stannis is gone stop talking about this and Thankfully, and for the purposes of the plot and, you know, our enjoyment of watching the show, Mel Sandra walks in just to put an end to it. I'm like, okay, yep. good. Necessary, unnecessary conversation is gone. <laughs> so presumably the Onion Knight will go talk to her, but John's got to go somewhere else. Ollie, the kid from the village, as prophesied in previous episodes, we uh, already knew this was going to come. He's the one who sets John up. He says, I got a thing out here. You should see it. It's a thing. A oh, wilding like- saw, be- say, saw, saw your Uncle Benjamin. Come on out here. You got to <gasps> see this. And it's probably legit because in the previouslys they mentioned your uncle Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. So it's obviously yeah, totally on the up and up. Come on out here. John and, watched the previouslys. Yeah, sure. He's he <laughs> watches the show. He knows what show he's on. So Should've he walks out books. and they and they go just like with Robert De Niro and Goodfellas. He's like it's just just down a little further. Just go a little further. And he goes a little further. And there's a sign that says, um, by written by somebody who is not illiterate, uh, traitor. And he, and then he is stabbed by a series of watchmen uh, who say for the watch. Although that's BS, it's not really for the watch. No. Um, but they say for the watch, and Ollie is the last one there um, who, who who betrayed him and says for the watch, and he stabs John, and John falls down and lays in the snow there, and and he, he he's got blood uh, everywhere, bleeding out, and uh, and and we cut to black, and thus ends season five of game of thrones and i wrote down it's really tough being a manager <laughs> sorry john <laughs> i uh my last thing in my notes is well they're all doomed yeah so here here's the thing um oh first i will say in in my last little bit of it was exactly like this in the book this is how a dance with dragons ends is with john snow being stabbed repeatedly by the brothers <sighs> of the night watch so again hewing exactly on where we left these characters in the in the last published material well, um, I'm, re- I'm really glad that happened because it means if there was like one thing left over 
then we'd have nine months of book readers talking about everything and then getting to like John and saying, and oh, I can't say anything about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. um, yeah, it, it, it is eerie how they've knocked not everything, but almost everything. Um, and I think there's not a lot left other than maybe a chapter here, here or there that they haven't, um, that they haven't done. Well, so, there, right, are, right. there are entire plots that they that they've ex- excised, but um, of the plots that remain, they seem to have been brought more or less to you know, with with a couple of exceptions, to the point at which George R. R. Martin left them in his last published book, um, most recently published. So this is definitely how that book ends. It's shocking, and it's shocking here. Um, although we've been seeing it build for. Uh, for for weeks now, and as a as a book reader, although I've been adrift for much of this season, this is one of those plot lines that I saw, and I was like, "Yep, I know how this season's going to end." Just like the book ends, they're gonna they're gonna not be able to accept all of these things that John John is thinking of a big picture and a world that is larger than what the people of the Night's Watch, who will also keep in mind, are kind of the dregs. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. they they can't they can't accept the big picture that that John that John is seeing here. And so while John makes some good decisions in terms of the overall good, he makes some terrible political decisions. He's in a, an incredibly weak political standpoint. Anyway, he won by one vote and that guy died. <laughs> so, you know, where does that leave him? So Jason, you're telling us that you've sat here this entire season on this podcast with us and you've known that this was going to happen. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Although, oh, oh, so, so, so in the book, I have great skeptic. First off, just as with Daenerys' storyline, I have great skepticism that Jon Snow is really dead because I feel like when George R. R. Martin wants to do truly shocking deaths, he doesn't do it at the very end of the book because, um, you know, then, then he would have to resolve it. And at the end of the book, he can be like, do, do, do. I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to resolve it. I have, I'm deeply skeptical that Jon Snow is just dead because they have spent so much time building him up that it would seem like at this late date to just have him be stabbed to death and not return would be kind of a waste of the of the plot line. Um, mm-hmm. However, in the books, I'm kind of mystified about exactly how they're going to get out of it. Whereas, uh, <laughs> if I can draw your attention to the previous scene in this episode, oh look, Melisander, she's got a she and the Red God have kind of a history of bringing people back from the dead. And earlier, we also saw a guy in armor who was brought back from the dead. Hmm. Well, I will say that it would strike me as an incredibly cheap cop-out to end the season with a shocking death and then bring the person back to life. Well, I think like, that's... That's just cheating the audience. So th- this is my this is my prediction, is that Melisander and uh, and the Onion Knight are going to bring back Jon Snow and, squir- and, and, and take him away for their own purposes. And it's going to be a fake-out. I think, I think that's what's going to happen. Maybe I'm in denial, and this is the end for Jon Snow. It could um, well happen. But, I'm just stating yeah. that... That makes the end of this season cheap. Yeah. Like, well, if you bring somebody back to life, then what does any of it mean? Well, yeah, but I mean, this is a world where bringing people back to life does happen from time to time. So I, I, I'm more inclined to accept it. Um, and, and having her appear at the at Castle Black right before this happens is uh, hanging a lantern on it a little bit. And she's mm-hmm. looking for – she tried to recruit him before and she's – you know, Stannis is kind of uh, <laughs> a lost cause now. So maybe she's got some backup plan. I don't know. Maybe not. But, um, but I feel like it's not quite as unreasonable just in the sense that this is a universe where people get, uh, get brought back from the dead. Somebody on Twitter um, – I saw a post a tweet that basically said um, 
cast resurrection. You know, like, so like immediate, immediately, it's a D and D move that happens immediately if for Jon so, Snow. If it's so easy for her to do that, why doesn't she go out into that forest and resurrect Stannis? Well, I mean, she lost Stannis. She he took off. I think it's a good question. No, I, she took off. Yeah, well, no, he took he took off. He gave her the cold shoulder. Yeah, and then, he's and a then lost she, cause. And, and then she's like, "All right, well, then he's not he's not following my path." I don't know. She's a crazy lady. I imagine <laughs> that what what we would get if Jon Snow comes back is it's going to be surprising. It's going to be not like. Uh, and then he was okay, but it's going to be weird and different, and maybe he's weird and different, and maybe it happens in, uh, you know, it's not, not obviously happening at the wall. It's happening somewhere else, but maybe not. Maybe we've seen the last of, of uh, Kit Harrington and, and Jon Snow, and, and his his story is, is done. I don't know. I just, her her presence there makes me skeptical about whether he's actually dead. But like I said, I'm skeptical in the books of whether Jon Snow is actually dead, and maybe he actually is. It would certainly be <laughs> shocking if that were the case, but I'm not, I'm still not buying it. I'm still not buying it. Well, structurally, this is the last shot of the entire season. Yep. Uh, usually, these kinds of big, big, big death things happen in the penultimate episode. And as I've ranted about on this podcast last week, we didn't get that. We got a few like relatively big things. This season, over the last three episodes, we've gotten some really big things, but no one big thing until right now. And it makes no sense to me that it's the last shot of the season because they usually like to resolve. I don't know how it is in the books because this is directly analogous to the books because, you know, last thing in both. But I don't know how, you know, say the first a game of thrones book ends with uh you know is there resolution after ned's death is there resolution after the red wedding it doesn't seem like typical game of thrones to want to end on this massive of a cliffhanger where a major character dies what episode did Tyrion kill tywin in last season yeah last episode Mm. well that seems like it was not as large story-wise but Pretty big. And Daenerys stepping out of the fire with dragons. Right? See, that's big in terms of looking forward. Like the end of season two when uh, the big White Walker army, I believe, is the last shot of that season. And we get, you know, it, it's big things that can make you look forward and think. But they're not like absolute deaths uh, except for the case of, you know, Tywin. You're right. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like this is too big of a thing for them to end on without following up on it next season. Yeah, mm. I, I'm with there. I'm I'm with you there, Jason. I hope that he uh, he's revived somehow, and then there's some big uh, uh, I don't uh, know clash with uh, Stannis, maybe zombie Stannis, as brought back by Melisandre. I just can't say enough about how disappointed I would be if he comes back, especially quickly. That would just remind me of old serials where you know where yep. they would show the avalanche. What will happen to our hero? And they come back I, next week, and the answer is, oh, I wasn't standing in front of the episode. Yeah, I was over here on the side. No, nothing happened. There, there was no drama at all. I, I have a hard time believing that if they do bring him back, it will be easy. Like I said, I mm-hmm. think it will be weird. It will involve Melisandre. He will be he will be changed, or or his situation will be very different. Some it will, and it will probably not happen in like the first episode, but it will happen later. But I don't. I honestly don't know. I'm in the enjoyable position of making <laughs> idle speculation about what happens in Game of Thrones because I'm out of run. Way. 
I was always considering reading the books just to get the full, full, full picture of uh, everything that could possibly happen. Turns out I don't need to. Everyone nope. is on the exact same page as me for the first time in five years. Yep. <laughs> yeah, really. At this point, there's very little that uh, that the books will ruin for, for any viewer of the show. So mm-hmm. I think it's good. I think it's a good place to be. I kind of hope that George R. R. Martin's next book doesn't come out before the next season because it would be a fun thrill ride to have – this happened in this way and and uh and and again the plots have diverged in so many other ways that um the the stuff that isn't in the books i think can't be done in the books largely because like like a Varys has a totally different through line in the books that cannot happen because of where he is he's you know in a, he's thousands of miles away from where he is in yeah. the books and that's good so uh, you know i think that the the show just forges on from here knows the general direction of george rr R. martin's storyline and is going to get there in their own way and i think that's uh, i think that's good so what did, what did you guys think of this episode overall as a as a i know we talked about a, a little bit but as a as a season finale how did, how did this go down for you monty uh i felt i liked it but i felt it was a little rushed it's like they got to the final episode and i felt like there was a lot of rushing around mm. gotta close that off gotta close that off gotta finish that off gotta kill these Five or six important characters. <laughs> yep. There was yeah. what I felt like was a bit of box checking. Yeah, I think the shape of this ep- of this season was weird. And in that it felt like we were playing uh, stall a little bit early. And then there was rapid acceleration at the end. And I would have rather the acceleration have been more constant throughout. And I, I do get the sense, I said this a couple weeks ago, I, I, I get the sense almost that we've reached the point where they've finally gotten everything in place to execute the outline for, if they believe they're going to do this in two more seasons, they, they, they knew they had like the last 23 story beats written, right? The last 23 episodes, but they had to, they had to spend the first part of this season getting to the point where they could start knocking down all the, all the storylines. And so it, we kind of lurched from, um, you know, a lot of scenes that seemed very familiar to suddenly now all these things are picking up and, and it's, it was a weirdly paced season for me. I enjoyed this episode because lots of stuff happened. It's like, yay, <laughs> lots of stuff finally happened. But you know, when we only do te- 10 episodes a season, lots of stuff should probably happen in every episode. And that didn't mm-hmm. happen this season, I think early on. Yeah. No, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that this is very atypical Game of Thrones in terms of uh, structure, in terms of story beats, in terms of where people start and end this season. Uh, I I love this episode, and I've ranted on this podcast before about how much I didn't like previous episodes. Mm -hmm. And I like to think that, you know, this is the only time in history – or the past few weeks have been the will have been the only time in history that the entirety of season five of Game of Thrones will not be available – at all at once so everyone in the future will be able to just blow through all the episodes i didn't like in one night and then get to this episode and say wow this was a great season and not remember having to wait a week between episodes and mm-hmm. be furious about where's this gonna go where's this gonna <laughs> one i don't want to wait another month uh but no i'd love this episode um i think that it ended weirdly uh you're right structurally more things should have happened in other episodes but i really did like how this one episode played out yeah, if you watch the episodes right in a row, Stannis's comeuppance for killing Shireen will come like 20 minutes after he does it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything we should mention before we go? Uh, yes. If you want to hear more about what I have to say about Game of Thrones, I'm filling in uh, previously.tv 
writing about this very finale. That should be up Monday sometime. All right, so you should check that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should also say you should check out this coming weekend's episode of The Incomparable, where I believe we will be back along with many incomparable panelists to talk about the season of Game of Thrones as a whole and other TV that uh, we watched in this last uh, TV season. So more Game of Thrones talk on The Incomparable this coming weekend. Uh, well, that's it. We've reached the end for now. Uh, it's been a pleasure doing this for a second season, and uh, I've been glad to, to share these conversations with both of you guys. So thank you so much for being a part of it. It's been a lot of fun. It's been great. Thank you very much, Jason, as always. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to TV. We'll be back with recaps of other things on this feed. Uh, they might be, they're threatening to come back and do some uh, early episodes of The Flash season one. And, uh, you know, I'll definitely be back in the fall for the return of Doctor Who. And there'll be some, you know, Arrow will be in there and maybe one more Daredevil. There's lots of stuff. So stay tuned. Uh, but yes, Mar- yes, Monty. Why aren't they doing the 1990 Flash right now? Uh, it's a good question. I think, I think, uh, the, the listeners spoke and they preferred <laughs> to uh, go back to the, the, this season of The Flash instead. Um, shame on them. Uh, but anyway, that's it. So, so, uh, we'll, we'll see you for season six of Game of Thrones in a little, le- in, I guess, 42 ish weeks from now. Uh, but until then, I can say, and now our watch has ended. <laughs> <laughs>